Welcome in, everyone. I'm Kyle. He's Derek. And this is the How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast. Hosted by two youth pastors who have no clue, no idea, no experience in what they're doing. Absolutely. That is that is probably the best way that anybody could define us is two guys that have no clue what's going on. Amen. All right. Quick question of the day, Derek. What do you got? Kyle, how did you meet your better two-thirds? Tinder. I'm kidding. Nice. <laughs> nice. So <laughs> terrifying. Uh, my wife, Michaela, and I met uh, where... All great. There's only a select number of places that are just the best places for Christian couples to meet each other. Yeah, uh, and I know that you and your wife uh, hit one of these, but we met on a church mission trip. Nice. Uh, so when we were in high school, uh, I so there's two years between us. I was just I had just graduated high school, and she was finishing her sophomore year. And uh, we, our youth ministry sent out a couple different missions teams. One of them was to Colorado. And we both ended up on, I was not supposed to be on that trip. I was supposed to be going to Texas. And then that one got canceled. And so I flipped over to Colorado. And uh, we met each other on a, I believe it was a total of 15 hours uh, of drive from Rochester, Minnesota, where we grew up, out to Colorado. And uh, spent a week together on a missions team where I never showered, not because I was a gross boy, but because, may, let me rephrase that, not only because I was a gross boy, thank you, but because we didn't have a shower. Nice. So it made it very difficult to shower when you don't have one. It did rain one day, but I don't think that counts. Well, um, and so we, we were doing ministry. Uh, there was a, there was a couple that had a marriage retreat center up in the mountains in Colorado. They'd have couples, uh, you know, come and spend a weekend, a week, a month with them at this, uh, marriage retreat center, do some, you know, couples counseling and different things, helping to, uh, restore and strengthen marriages. And they had had a fire, uh, on their property that burnt down a building and they had some other things that needed to be done. And we had a, a connection with them. And so our, our youth ministry took a team up there and did some ministry there. It was also in a a city that had a, they had a huge uh, prison. And so they had a lot of people living there who moved there to be close to a relative in prison. And so we did some ministry in the town as well. Uh, it was a great trip, really fun and so we met there, and then uh, I moved up to Minneapolis for school. She finished uh, two years of high school, graduated high school with her associate's degree through PSEO classes, and then she moved up to the Twin Cities as well to go to school at the University of Minnesota for architecture and interior design, and uh, kept dating throughout that. Uh, we started dating about six months after we met on the mission team. Uh, you know, kept dating through all of that and then, uh, got married and, uh, have been married three years now. Nice. So, uh, it's been, it's been a blast. Uh, she's definitely at least the better two thirds. She's phenomenal. Uh, she is very, very smart and very discerning. Discernment's and definitely. she still chose you. I know that. Yeah. That question. perfect. I it guess. makes you question her gift of discernment, but yeah. it's, it's definitely something the Lord has blessed her with which is very, very valuable in ministry. And so that's been, that's been really good. But uh, you and your wife, there's, again, I mentioned, there's only a couple places yeah. true Christian couples can meet each other. 
a church mission trip as one, and you and your wife met uh, Bible another College, one of them. baby. You know, North that's Central that, that, Bible College. I uh, fun fact: I did not anticipate getting married in college. It was not on my radar at all. Um, you know, and it, it's uh, the story of Meg and I. Uh, my wife, her name is full name is Megan, but we call her Meg, and. Uh, it's truly a funny story because um, I transferred into North Central, as we've mentioned before. I spent my first year at North Dakota State University Boo. studying chemistry. Yeah, fun stuff. Go bison. 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 Z, oh, I am not so sorry. Come on now. To all four people living in North Dakota. D- dude, you will get crucified up there if you call them the North Dakota State bison. You will you will die and be buried in the okay, but- snow. There should be a, a difference between calling them bison out of ignorance and calling them bison that's out fair. of just spite. Yeah, I, that's fair. That's fair. So it'll be bison yeah. going forward. Speaking of bison, though, and, and, and what do you mean? Speaking of because oh here, here, here's where the story changes. I had this major crush on Meg from the moment I met her because, like, she was she was in leadership on my sister floor at North Central, which is basically means like. The all dudes floor I was living in in my dorm gets paired with an all girls floor to encourage Speed social dating. interaction. Yeah, but like reality, like it happens. So like I met Meg like one of the first nights we were there, and just like I'm like, whoa, like that girl right there, she, she cool. is she. Well, that's well, not the word. Your I was your words about. were she fine. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. You know, um, but like for one, she was older than me. I thought two, she was in leadership, which is like a no no if you're gonna go after. Three, she was taller than I was, still is. So I'm like, that's a dick. So like, like, that it, was actually, so I knew your wife before you, because I had yeah. met her our freshman year. And that was something on her list as well, was she, she was dead set than on her. marrying somebody taller than her. And she and struck that could out on that sing. one. Oops, the over Oops. two. Yeah, exactly. So um, like I'm crushing on this girl for like a long time. And like, she, she told me after the fact, after we got together, she told me she didn't even consider me remotely because she thought I was just some annoying freshman cause I transferred in. So we're coming back. That's hilarious. We're coming back from an intramural football game and on the billboard that we're walking past says NDSU and I said, I used to go there. And Meg goes, what? She goes, you're not a freshman. I'm like, no, I'm a sophomore. And like, that was like the turning moment, surprisingly. Because one year of college right? maturity right? should make the difference. Apparently it does. In your prospects and so, in like, dating. I I just very like took it very slow because like I didn't want to create some weird strife. Like I knew like I she was way outside of my punt coverage. I knew like I couldn't get her and so I didn't really like I wasn't super aggressive with it. And so like all of a sudden like we're in this class together and we're studying for this test together and you know, like virtually, Kyle's just losing it. Over I'm here. sorry. So <laughs> you you made the punt coverage reference, and it made me think of uh, an episode, the episodes of Parks and Rec, where uh, they have this like uh, public radio, like NPR kind of thing. Yes, and and it's it's this guy named like Daryl Marbles or something like that, and any pop culture references he like breaks down and explains for his audience but in a super monotone way so it just made me think of that like for those of our listeners who don't know what a punt coverage is (laughs) punt coverage is a american football reference and it just made me think so then i couldn't stop laughing I, I, i appreciate it so like 
virtually may actually end up making the first move because like that's just her personality and to this day she just says like we wouldn't be together if she didn't make that first move but um like i had these feelings for her for a long time and it all kind of came together when like we were studying for this test um in this one class we had together what class and, was it uh global perspectives i actually got out of taking that class thank Dude, you very much i i did not and i'm glad i didn't um you know because after that like so um yeah but like we we met we became really good friends and kind of like secretly dated um, because we couldn't oh, technically date uh, until after the second semester this whole weird thing anyways embarrassing yeah so like we fell madly in love and it's a great story and my wife is amazing we've been married for five years already Man, which you're is old. crazy i know am i, I older know. i'm actually older than you, you are older than i am that's yeah embarrassing. but i got married before you did so oh. haha welcome back to thoughts for your thoughts i'm daryl marbles and this <laughs> So <laughs> still the, can't get the, that the out of my head. The moral of the story is Kyle watches too much TV. I do. If uh, all of our listeners can please email us at how to how not to be a youth pastor at gmail.com and let me know uh, a rating of one to ten of my Daryl Marbles impression. That'd be great. I just want you to know at this point, I don't think we have any more listeners because that's we, possible. We started this episode about eight minutes ago and we have yet to even touch the surface of my topic that I want. That's to true. What today. do you want to talk about today? Derek? I am glad you asked, Kyle. I appreciate that. That, that was just beautiful. It's almost like we planned it or something, even though we 100% didn't plan that transition. But I want to talk about something that has been very near and dear to my heart that I have personally been walking through, um, honestly, for the last two and a half-ish years. Um, and it's something I call the comparison trap. And I kind of want to break that down a little bit as to what I mean by this, because um, if you're tuning into this podcast, it's because either you likely know Kyle and I for some reason, uh, maybe you're a nope, youth pastor. That's it. Those are the only people that listen. Like, like, let's be honest. Like, our mothers are listening to this, and that's about it. Maybe our aunts, like, you know how it goes. No, nah, so, it's going to be my dad. And There you go. Perfect. No, but like, I think this is something that as human beings, um, comparison is something that we all walk through, uh, yep. whether it's comparison with, um, you know, to a fellow employee or a fellow peer, whether it's comparison to um, your neighbor, like we, we are constantly comparing ourselves. And I kind of want to break down this idea of a comparison trap because as human beings like we're so accustomed to measuring ourselves you look back to to high school right like you're you're measured by your grade point average you take in a comprehensive test whether it's the sat or the act where they're literally testing you and measuring you against your fellow peers about how smart you are and how that will in essence give you the college and you go to college right and you have the same kind of principles but then depending on what kind of college you go to determines your intelligence and that intelligence translates to what kind of job you get what kind of money you get that type of thing so that's already baked into but then look at how we as human beings address each other we're all always comparing ourselves to like how much money we make versus that person how fit we are or how um you know not fit we are compared to the next person we are always measuring ourselves up against other people and let's be honest Kyle, it happens in the church amongst pastors. Um, we are always comparing the size of our ministry to the guy down the street. We're comparing what kind of congregants and people that are in our church versus the other people. We're comparing like this guy had a really awesome experience on a mission trip, but I had this experience of having to scrub the toilets because the guy before church had a really bad accident in it. So we compare <laughs> that type of thing, right? Uh, we, but we even compare like 
that guy or that girl is so much more gifted and talented than I am. And it all leads to this idea of a trap because here is the struggle of comparison, whether it's comparison in your home, comparison in your work, comparison in ministry. Comparison, the reason we call it a trap is because one of two things happens when you compare, right? When you're measuring yourself against somebody else, one of two things is happening. You're either feeling inferior because the thing you're comparing yourself to, you see or perceive as being bigger and better. And when you feel inferior, you're, you're, you're not feeling good enough. And so you're disqualifying what you can do and how God can use you, which is, which is not good. On the flip side, the second thing that can happen is if you're comparing yourself and you're going, I am so much better than that guy. At least I don't have that thing going on. You're now saying you are superior and you're allowing pride to kind of come in and bolster your ego. Both things are not ideal. And it, I call it a trap because the, the problem is we get into this trap or this cycle of it because it rotates, right? Mm-hmm. We feel inferior. We don't feel good enough. So then we compare ourselves to somebody that we don't feel as good. And so then we're like now all of a sudden we're, we're teetering on pride. And, and then, you know, we, we maybe are like, oh yeah, but at least I'm not like, then I'm don't have like this guy or this girl. And it's just this nasty cycle of never feeling good enough. Yeah, it's true. And it, it can be because how many times do we compare ourselves to somebody and it turns out, oh, we're perfectly equal. Right. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's always going to be this, you know, spinning cycle of I'm I'm comparing myself to somebody else and then I could like that that made me feel good and so I'm going to compare myself to somebody lower than me and that makes me feel even better, but then I compare myself to somebody that that I perceive uh you know has more than me yep. and and a lot of times, you know, this is done off of incomplete information. Yep. And and it's just this comparison trap. I love how you phrase that. And we this is something that that youth pastors struggle with, youth pastors struggle with. You know, we our goal for this podcast is is to be a tool for parents. Yep. What parent has never compared themselves to another parent right. when it comes to r- how they raise their kids, right. how they interact with their spouses, how they interact with uh anybody really, their job, you know, it's like you and I uh are in a unique position where, uh, like my wife works full time and in, in youth ministry, in a ministry context, that is more rare than, uh, you know, having a spouse that, you know, works part time or stays at home. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I have seen the comparison trap bite people where it's a, it's a, it's a contest of, you know, oh, you went to college and I didn't. I feel dumb. Yep. You know, you want to know what the flip side of that is? They probably have student debt and you don't. Yep. And, you know, it's, it's most comparisons are looking at it through a narrow view mm-hmm. because that's what I want in the moment. You yep. know, I, I want that pride or, or sometimes I just, I want to feel bad about myself for right. a second. Yeah. You know, and, there's an old adage I think a lot of us are familiar with, but I don't think we realize just how persistent it is. But like we are, are accustomed to 
having the grass is always greener type of mindset. Like I want that. And so therefore what I have is no longer good enough. And as, as we have spent an episode about social media, like how relevant is that into this type of thing? Because right when you're looking at social media and you're sitting here, maybe an unmarried guy or unmarried girl, and all you want is to be together. And so then you look at pastor Kyle, who's got this awesome wife and how they go and do these awesome things. And like, like, Oh, Kyle is so lucky. And I just, I just, I want to be like Kyle, but like, you're not understanding that. Like, that's something you, you waited for. That's something that like you and Michaela have an amazing relationship, but like you guys walk through some seasons, you walk through loss, you walk through times of fighting and argue, arguing like we, we, the highlight reel of social media is real. And I think it compares into this or it, 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 it contributes to this comparison trap yeah. so much more because it's so easy to compare ourselves with what we see on social media, you know? And, and it'd be ignorant to think that, you know, nobody else goes through hard times. Correct. Uh, I think that's one of the things when it comes to uh, like counseling or, or any kind of therapy, you know, people don't want to admit that they are going through a hard time or, or I, I might need help with something when, but, but they also refuse to admit that that might be true of anybody else. Yep. That's yep. dangerous. It's, it's so dangerous, you know, and, and to, 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 to tie it into our youth pastor context for a second, it is so easy to suffer in silence as a youth pastor struggling mm-hmm. with comparison because you know that comparison doesn't have a place. You know that God's called you. You know that what you're doing makes a difference. But that doesn't make it easier to no. not compare yourself. Just it's like, you know, don't sin because God tells you not to. Right. Okay. Well, that doesn't make it easier to Correct. avoid sinning. That right? just means I know I shouldn't. Right. Dude, I remember going to when I first started as a youth pastor and this was you know four years ago again small rural church I think at the time our youth group was in the neighborhood of like eight to ten students I remember going to you know for those that are not familiar Kyle and I have these things called district events where we get together with all all, all different youth pastors from all over the state of Minnesota and sometimes beyond if we go, if we go to a conference sometimes it's people around the nation and, and these in these awesome pastors get up and say you know hey um, here's how you take your church from like 200 to, to 400 here's how you take your 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 group of 75 students and, and turn it into 150 or or you hear about these awesome stories of like you know we took a, we some took some kids on missions trips and like like these four kids gave their life to Christ and it was awesome and you hear yeah, all we, these we awesome raised Things. like a hundred thousand dollars for missions delight. in yeah. one year and so then you're sitting here with a youth group of eight kids who have never given a penny to speed the light or who you're not even sure if 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 they have an active relationship with christ for those going, of you who are unaware <laughs> speed the light is a missions organization that uh focuses on supplying missionaries with vehicles and other modes of transportation they partner with organizations to fight human trafficking, and they also get water wells and clean water to communities that don't have any. I cannot wait for your wife to listen to this podcast <laughs> because she is going to just roll her eyes. It's going to be fantastic. My my brother and and my sister-in-law are huge fans of Parks oh, and Rec. Oh, so they're going to love and this. And so I might have to send this episode specifically to them. Absolutely. You know, but but but... 
I, I, I honestly used to dread going to those events because I remember how insignificant I felt of going. Yeah, I've been there. Not just that, like, because here's what happens. We take these situations and when we, when, when we continually feel inferior and, we, and disqualifying ourselves, it no longer becomes something we're working towards. It's something that we see as a character flaw. Like the reason my youth ministry is not bigger and better is because I am not a good leader. I am not, you know, being used by God. I must be doing something wrong. The reason I don't have a successful youth ministry, and I, I say successful in, in quotations, we'll, we'll unpack this in a second, mm-hmm. but we take this feeling feeling of inferiority and, and, and just pin it on us as a character, us as a person, when in reality, this is, this is something beyond our control, you know? And so um, e- even now, you know, now our youth ministry has grown significantly, right? And, and, and God is moving and we're, like I, I mentioned a few episodes ago, we had 75 kids come on our last Wednesday night, which is amazing. Um, you know, we've been averaging between 40 and 50 consistently. Like, like God is moving. I've seen some awesome stuff, right? But then I still look at my home church and they're running 150, 200 students and they're seeing these cool stuff. And it's like, man, like, not that I wish I had that, but like, uh, in some ways, yeah. Like I wish mm-hmm. I had, I wish I had that much influence. I wish I, you know, I did this, but because the grass seems greener on the other side. Yeah. And you don't see, you know, you don't see the logistical nightmares. You don't see all of the 2 a.m. You know, if, if you've got, if you have 150 kids versus 75, that's twice as many 2 a.m. phone calls yep. of, Hey, my kid has been missing for 24 hours and I don't know what to do. Yep. Um, that was, that was a fun one. I'll never forget that one. Although that wasn't 2 a.m. It was like 10 p.m., but still not still. a fun call to get as a youth pastor. Uh, you know, there, there's so many, it, it's, it's so easy to, and it's, it's easy to think that, yeah, it's, it's all about numbers and it's all about, you know, the, the attendance one is the easy one to grasp at because yep. that's, le- that's the number you have access to. Yeah. And so and it's, the one that gets talked about a lot. Yeah, it's, you know, giving to the the amount of money you gave to missions or the amount of kids you had at this event, it's easy to talk about that and it's easy to quantify that. It's harder to quantify, you know, the number of kids that will, you know, remember this night for the rest of their lives, the number of kids that will, you know, stay strong in their faith for the rest of their lives. Well, obviously you don't get to count that right now. Uh, You know, youth ministry and even parenting a lot of it is uh, sowing the seeds that the fruit comes years and years and years later. Yep. And that can be hard for a comparison trap, especially, you know, you're going to have uh, other parents, other youth pastors that have been doing it for longer than you have. Yep. And so they have seen some of that fruit. And that's why, you know, as, as hard as ministry can be, as hard as parenting can be, Long, there's a lot of parallels here and longevity is yep. so so important. I remember when I was growing up our our church's youth ministry was probably in the uh, it fluctuated anywhere between 150 to 200 kids. It was it was a much much larger church. And they they cycled through five youth pastors in the 7 years that I was wow. in middle school and high school. And so when I took this position you know, one of in my interviews, one of the things I told them is that I this is not something that I take lightly or yep. flippantly. Like I, in longevity is important to me. Yep. 
and and side note, if you ever want to get hired as a youth pastor, that's probably a good thing to say in your interview. But um, I think the statistics still holds out that youth pastors average tenure is like 18 months. And, you know, how much of an impact do you really have a lasting impact do you have in 18 months? You're still starting to get to know kids right? and build relationships with parents. And so to be in it 5, 10, 20, 30 years, the, that's where a lot of that long-term fruit is going to be. I think that, and, and not that comparison as a temptation or as a problem is ever going to go away, but I think that it can, it's more prevalent uh, you know, early on as a parent or as a youth pastor. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you see how far you have yet to go. Yep. And, you know, as, as we kind of move into, cause I, it's not hard for us to empathize and to understand how real this comparison trap is. Um, you know, like we, we all know that we compare ourselves. We all yep. see that like, that's easy. Like I, how do we combat it though? Because mm-hmm. there, there has to be a way. Um, and so I, I, I would love for you, Kyle, to just chime in. But these are just like as as these are the things God has been teaching me, ironically, through training my dog. Um, which <laughs> which sounds awesome. so bizarre, but the reality- first way to combat comparison trap: offer buy a dog, a, offer a treat whenever somebody <laughs> pick up other people's poop. Um, maybe I should have cho- chose a different. Metaphor. I could I could do this all day. Um, designate a pee corner for the parents of your youth ministry. You don't have that already? Uh, no. <laughs> but I don't, know. I'll get off this silly metaphor, but, but here's why. Because I listened to a podcast about dog training. And nerd. something that he continually says Sorry, is... Sorry. <laughs> well, we both know you're more of a nerd than I am, so I don't, That's I don't feel fair. bad. That's fair. He said sometimes... If you want to be successful, you have to take your eyes off of the finish line Ooh. and look back at the starting line and see how far you've come. And, you know, like, I think when it comes to comparison, a lot of times we compare ourselves to things we wish we had in the future. And it would do us well to look back and go how much we've walked through and how much we've done um, through God's help. And so if you are, are feeling like you are comparing yourself to another parent to another marriage to another situation to another ministry i would challenge you to focus on these things and the first one is simply your identity uh the reality is that that we are called by god specifically like god's measuring stick is different than ours like right like like i would look at at kyle your ministry your your ministry numerically is bigger than mine right like you have more kids that attend weekly um that or whatever but God doesn't look at your ministry and go, I'm more proud of Kyle and mm-hmm. how he's doing his ministry than Derek because he has more students or more kids. Right. God's measuring stick is, are you being obedient to what he's asking you to do? Are you being faithful to what God's called you to do? Like, if God's called me to do this and do this, it's up to him to bring the fruit. It's up to him to yeah. see that. It's not up to me. It's out of my control, right? And so so many times when we are struck in this comparison trap, we have to look, just take a step back and go, like, who am I? Like, I am someone that God wants to use. God has created me specifically for this reason. And am I walking confidently in that, right? Like, am, am I being the best person that I can be that God's called me to be, you know? And, like, that identity is something that I think we could just sit on for, for yeah. hours. <laughs> That's so true. I, I... It's always it's always very important to me, and I've said it before to to find somebody further along on the path that you want to be on. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. And that even in itself can grow comparison traps right of okay you know there's there's a good friend of mine his name is phil he's a youth pastor in the area i've met with him many many times over the years and you know their youth he's been doing it for you know 10 plus years yep and so for me it's okay how can you know what what does phil do not what how do we, how do I phrase this? What does Phil do? Not what has Phil done. Yep. In a in a way. Sure. You know, one of the like or not ha- what has Phil's ministry done. Uh one of the things that that he posts about all the time on, you know, on his Instagram stories is, "Hey, here were like the three books that I read this month." Yep. Um I'm not reading three books in a month. Right. But I can read one. Right. You know, I can I can pursue growing in in my relationship with God in my abilities as a youth pastor. I yep. can pursue growth because I see, you know, him pursuing growth. Yeah. I can I can pursue uh, you know, some of the things that that he said like, "Hey, I, you know, spend this much time uh, you know, in my daily walk with God." I spend this much time just praying over my sermons. Like yep. those are like okay, like yeah, that's a good idea. I yep. could I could do that. Yep. Versus looking at oh yeah, this person has this resource and I wish I did. Yep. Uh, you know, oh, Phil is gifted in this and I'm not. Like going back to that identity yep. piece like yep. we all have different giftings. Yep. Derek is gifted in different ways than I am. Yep. If I if I seek after the you know if I compare what I have to what Derek has it's going to be different. And and there's going to be areas that you know Derek succeeds in or excels in differently than I do because our giftings are different. Yeah. And that's I think that's a thing like as a parent, as a youth pastor, as a student that can be really really hard to wrap your mind around when you like especially as a student if you aren't really clear yet like you're still trying to figure out what what does god have for me yep and what like what is my what is my role in in the kingdom of god what do what how does god want to use me to further his story i it's hard to do that and look at other people that maybe have that figured out yep and it, I think what I what I just want to encourage people with is there is a reason that we are all gifted and built differently mm-hmm. because God wants to use us differently. Like God wants to use Kyle's gift set because Kyle can reach people with that gift set more effectively than he could with somebody like my mindset. Like we have to realize in this time of the world, and the world has been around for, it's up for debate, but a long time, right? Right. The fact that that Derek Mum, that Kyle Besh are alive in this time frame with this gift set in this situation is all on purpose. And so instead of looking at somebody and going, I wish I was like them, what if we took the moment and go, God chose me specifically to be in this time frame with this gift set. So what do you want me to do, God? Like, how do you want me to be used? Because I would venture to guess that whatever it is that you're chasing in your life, whatever it is that you wish you had or that you wish that you were that you're not, what you're really saying is I wish I had fulfillment. 
And I think the best way to find fulfillment is to just walk out the purpose that God has for you. And the way to do that is just to understand of who you are. And, and part of what helps with that is your support system. I mean, I know Kyle mentioned it that like, that, you know, he has Phil and I have many people in my life. One of them is sitting across the table from me, Kyle. Like I, I am very vulnerable with Kyle about like Aww. what I struggle with. Yeah, I know we're, we're weird. We're lame. But like, I think it's so important if you only have people in your life that you look up to and wish what they had, like, but in, a, in an unhealthy way, like you need more support. Yeah, it's going to be lonely. Yeah. You need to have people who are in your similar stage of life who get it, but also like can understand and say, you know what? Like, Kyle would never look at me and say, you need to have a bigger ministry. If I came to him and I said, dude, I'm struggling because we only had 20 students show up, he would probably look at me with the you know, idea of, dude, that's awesome. Like, that's 20 students. I like, thought you were going to give me permission to slap you across the face. That's kind of what I was hoping for. You don't, ta- you don't ask for permission for that. <laughs> that's that sometimes before. true. But yeah. I think you can if, – if when when it comes to a support system – you know, our first episode things that school didn't teach you. I think not a lot of people are taught how to seek out a support system yeah. and put the right people around you. Yep. So that if, if you're struggling with something, if you're discouraged, if you're just having a hard time with something, you can go to this group of people or that one person and say, Hey, this is, let's just get real for a second. This is what I'm struggling with. How, what do I do? What advice do you have? Yep. And I've, I've had, I, I just had a conversation with another youth pastor about a month or two ago, about two months ago. And he was like, Hey, this is what I'm walking through. I've never encountered something like this. You got any advice for me? And yeah. what he was walking through, I, I had nothing. I right. Like, I, I had never dreamed that that would be a scenario that, that somebody would walk through. And it wasn't yeah. like a terrible thing, sure but it was just so random yep. that we were both like, well, I don't know, but you know, here's, here's maybe some thoughts that I could give you. Yep. Uh, here's, here's a couple, uh, a couple principles that might apply somewhere else that could apply here. Yep. You know, that, that's what a support system can do for, for a youth pastor, right. for a parent, for a student, look for those people in the right place. If you're a student, your support system should probably not be your peers. Correct. They have no clue what they're doing, just like you. Yep. You know, look at your youth leaders in your youth ministry. Look yeah. at your parents or other people in your church, your youth pastor, other pastors on staff. Look for those people to be your support system. If you're a parent, look at other parents in your church. If yeah. you're a youth pastor, look at your senior pastor or other youth pastors in the area yeah. that that might be able to offer you some advice that aren't necessarily in the same position right. that you are. Right. You know, and and what they're going to do is they're going to encourage you to just celebrate what's going well. Mm-hmm. Cuz what you acknowledge and what you focus and praise is like what gets replicated. If you're always going, I'm not good enough, I'm not a good enough parent, I wish I did this better, instead of going, I crushed this one, you're going to continue to, if, if you only focus on the negative, you're going to continue to reap and reproduce negativity. If you're t- if you're going like, hey, like, uh, let's bring it back to a youth ministry context. We were down, we, we normally average 40 students, we only had 25 tonight, but this kid brought three new students. Praise yep. God. That's awesome. Yep. Because yep. then those three will bring new ones. Like like in that situation, you have two options. You can choose the negative route. Not everybody showed up. You can choose a positive route. 
three brand new kids showed up. And as a student, if you're sitting in that youth ministry and your youth pastor gets up there and says, oh, where is everybody? That devalues you Correct. being there. Yep. You know, they're only worried about the kids that aren't there. Yep. Versus, oh my gosh, I'm so glad to see you guys. Dude, I see that Billy over there brought three friends. That's awesome. Yep. I'm so excited to meet you guys. Yep. You know, that that encourages the right thing. Yep. And you know, otherwise otherwise you're just focusing you're focusing on who's not there, you're focusing on what you don't have. Yeah. You know, that that's not a win. Nobody yep. wants to celebrate and dwell on that. Yeah. You know, we right. want to dwell on, let's, let's celebrate the, the things that are worth celebrating. Let's celebrate, Hey, this kid brought their, their friend for the first time. Uh, you know, maybe this is somebody they've been praying for, for weeks or for months. And this kid finally showed up to youth group. Let's celebrate, uh, you know, little Susie brought her Bible for the first time and like is ready to take notes in the margins yep. of her Bible. Uh, you know, different things that it, it's not. Uh, in my experience, it's not hard to find wins. It's no. harder to look for them. Yep, absolutely. And you need to you need to go into it with that mindset of I am intentionally looking for them, you know. And that I just want to end with this thought is like wherever you are right now, whether you are in a season of comparison and whether you are sitting there going, at least I don't have it like this person. Or I wish I had this. I wish I had that. I wish my ministry, my life, my family, whatever it is, I wish it was like that. I would ask you to ask yourself, why? Like, why is it that that, that thing that you de- so desperately want to be or want to have is like making you feel either insignificant or better than them? Because that ultimately is something, if you don't know the why behind the what, like you're going to just continue to spin in that comparison trap because you just, you don't know why you're feeling that way you just do. And so my challenge to that I have felt God working in my life in this area is to understand that there's probably a reason that whatever it is that's in your heart that you want and you feel like you're insignificant I think God might be challenging you to chase the unknown, to, to have bigger dreams, to have all of that, but not at the expense of disqualifying you from what you can do here mm-hmm. and now. And so I think you need to ride that line of, I am content for what I have, and I am going to do everything I can in this season to do everything I can, but I'm still going to chase my dreams ahead. And I have... Um, I, I find that in this stage of life, I have two kids, one that is six months old, one that's going to be three in September. And I find myself so many times going like, like sometimes I look at my friends who don't have kids and it's like, man, their schedule is so free. Like that, that would be nice. Like, As one of your friends with no kids, it's true, but it's also and, and, and like, I don't not true. To, to, <laughs> right. And it's a different, it's not like they just sit at home and do nothing, but it's almost no, like we a, sit at home and play Mario Kart. They're Right. Right. And so I find myself sometimes going like, but then I realize like I was once a 15 year old kid praying for a wife and kids. Yep. And now I am smack dab in the middle of that answered prayer. Mm-hmm. And so like, if you are stuck in that comparison trap, I would challenge you to do two very practical things. One, write down the dream that's on your heart that you so desperately want. Because let's be honest, there are things I want for my ministry. There are things I want in my personal life 
there are things that I desperately want in years to come. But I also want to take the time to thank God that I have what I have now. And I want to thank God that in this season, there is still influence that needs to be done. And I'm going to treasure that and take in every second. Because here's here's just the weird paradigm of life. There's going to be a time when we're going to get past all of this. And we're going to have yep. everything that we could possibly want. And I don't want to look back on this time now and go, I wish I would have just been content. Yeah. You know? like Yeah, absolutely. And and when... If you don't know... if If you don't know the why behind the what. If you aren't grounded in you know the thankfulness and and the remembrance of okay god has done a lot to get me to where i am it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter what you do it doesn't matter where you're at in life if you're not grounded in that then you're going to be looking to other people yep for for the vision you're going to be looking at other people for the dreams in your life and you're just going to end up chasing rabbits. Yep. It's going to be, oh, I saw this. I, you know, I have this friend who uh, is really successful here. You know, I'm going to chase after that. And then three months later, you see another friend who's successful in a different way, and you're going to chase after that. In a ministry context, you know, I I could see, you know, another youth pastor take a ton of their kids on a mission team. And, and I'm like, oh man, we're going to totally gear up. And next summer, we're going to take a ton of kids on our mi- on a mission team. Well, then three months later, I read a book that talks about church planting. And I get really passionate about our youth ministry planting another youth ministry. And then three months after that, I see another youth pastor whose group gave you know $200,000. They're the same size as our youth ministry. And they gave $200,000 to missions and, you know, it's did all of these built like 40 water wells or whatever the ratio would be with that. And so then you, you get trapped into this, uh, this bucket of I'm going to chase all of these different directions and, and you can't do anything efficiently as a ministry because all you're doing is seeking after what God wants to do in other people. In turn, being inefficient and not accomplishing anything. And because yep. of all of that, feeling worse about yourself. Yep. You know, and so it's just been something that's been on my heart to just, I, and I thought this would be a great place to do it, of just like, man, like, let's dream. But at the same time, man, God thinks the world of us. So why are we not? Cause, cause yeah, here, when, here, you, here. when you can measure by his standards, Yep. when you, when you look back, at what God has done in your life, I you know I think of uh, the the song Hindsight, I believe by Hillsong Young and Free. Uh, you know I love that song because it's all about like yeah God's done it and He can do it again. Yep. Uh, you know when when you're able to look back at, at what God has done, it's it's it can almost be that deep breath of okay. Yep. I might not be in the most fun season right now. Yep. But God can, God's done it before and he'll do it again. He'll, he'll get me to that, to that next, that next spot that he needs me in as well. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, um, this is something again, that is very universal. And so if you're in this spot right now and you just even 
maybe you're looking for that encouragement. Maybe you are just like, hey, would you just pray for me or would you just kind of walk me through this? Like, please reach out to us. You know, we have that email of how not to be a youth pastor at gmail.com. Um, we'll try and get that in writing somewhere too. But God, we, we'd love to walk through that with you because, again, that's something that God's been kind of stirring in my heart personally. And uh, God wants us to be free, you know. And if we are selling ourselves short, we're essentially telling God he picked the wrong person and we're not good enough. And, like, I don't love telling God he's wrong. It doesn't usually, it usually well doesn't work me. out for no. me either. Yeah, no. you're, you're in that position because God put you there. You are, you know, you're in... Uh, you you have the relationships around you that you do because God put you there. And this is, I'm going to end on on this fun nugget. You don't have the relationships around you because God put you there. Yep. And and there are there are times where, you know, God will kind of block a, block a relationship because, you know, he wants you to, to learn elsewhere or, yep. or learn somewhere else. Yep. For sure. Yeah. No, but again, if you guys have questions, we would, we would love, love to hear from you. But, you know, that's all we have for today. And as a reminder, please go follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts because we want you to get notified when, when we drop all this hot and heavy content, Kyle. And we want to be able to compare ourselves to other podcasts. Yeah, by numbers. With numbers. Yeah. Uh, but as your favorite and experienced podcasters, we appreciate any and all feedback you have for us. You can reach out to us again, as Derek said how not to be a youth pastor at gmail.com. If you have episode ideas, if you have uh, questions, anything else you want to share with us after all, Derek, we are youth pastors. We work on Sunday nights or Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. And that's about it, right? That is it. I love it. All right. I got to go play Mario Kart. Goodbye. Goodbye.